I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's Coming Up Podcast. Um, this episode is brought to you by... <laughs> <laughs> to you by let me see oh we just can't wait to we oh ooh, ooh, it's uh brought to you by well first and foremost it's brought to you by st patrick's day oh it's gotta be st patty yeah yeah um and it's whiskey yes that too bathtub mint juleps yes that too um it's brought to you by bowling balls listen sometimes <laughs> i prepare this segment and sometimes i'm just winging it oh no i got it okay it's brought to you by um the springfield st patrick's day parade where you can see floats such as two thousand years of irish cops and we uh, we tried to get uh, some sponsorship from the best pet shop in town, but, you know, they just have weird hours. But you know what? I do have some good news for you, Allie, because we did get our sponsorship from the drunken Irish novelist of Springfield, oh, and that was a God. big get. <laughs> I marched on Washington for that. I sent many emails, and they just confirmed. <laughs> this moment, actually. That's why I was vamping, industry term. Okay, so, <laughs> hey, guys. We are here to discuss Homer versus the 18th Amendment. This is the 18th episode of the 8th season. It originally cute. <laughs> 18th Amendment, 18th episode. Ooh, I, didn't even I like the sound um, of that. Hello. I'm sure everyone in the room was like, uh, <laughs> we're doing the Lord's work. Okay. Uh, it premiered originally on March 16th, 1997, <laughs> just in time for St. Patrick's Day. Um, and it was written by John Swartzwelder. Woo, 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 woo. Uh, we all did the Arsenio Hall uh, arm thing, uh, in case you can't see, which you can't. Uh, the showrunners at the time, uh, get ready for another Arsenio Hall arm woo. Uh, Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. Woo, 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 Hachi, machi. Moyo, yo, yo. Isn't that special? Flush. Flush. Yeah, no. we got to get that trademark married with children. Flush. <laughs> I don't know, Peg. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the best. That's the best. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Um, this is also my SNL audition, baby. <laughs> that's how it goes yeah, straight to Lauren. That's how exactly. That's how uh, digital media is evolving. We don't even show <laughs> our faces at SNL auditions. We send in podcasts, and they're like, uh, "How did you get this number?" That's how it goes. Uh, but enough about all that uh, joke em ups and who's it's and what's it's. <laughs> uh, I swear to God, we're not drunk. We literally were just talking about drugs two minutes before the podcast recorded, but we are not, in fact, on drugs. It's true. But that's how much we love drugs, kids, because just <laughs> talking about it gets us high. Anyway, so today we are uh, joined by uh, a guest that I'm very excited about. Uh, you may know his work uh, if you've ever seen How to Talk to Your Cat About Gun Safety. Uh, or how to talk to your cat about abstinence, and then also how to talk to your cat about evolution, uh, which will all be coming out in a book in October 2016. Um, he, this man has only one name, but it is a good name. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Zachary. Thank you. <laughs> I'm. I have something to admit. Yeah. I'm. I'm actually John Schwartzwelder. Oh what? my yeah, god! Yeah, I know. I know. This big wow. surprise. You left the surprise. house. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I left my little booth. You the left booth the house. I bought. You took a time machine. I did. You hey, the time machine I look really it. good Whoa. for my age. Hey, you guys. Yeah, you reverse aged. <laughs> it was actually time toaster. Ooh, okay. Mm. Mm -hmm. Listen, let's just cap our Simpsons references right there. <laughs> <laughs> what if I did that? No more talking no about more Simpsons. No more, Simpsons. <laughs> no more deep cuts. 
enough of this fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this show. We're we serious. Are, Let's this talk. is Terry Gross. <laughs> a scholarly discussion yeah. of The Simpsons. <laughs> so you chose Homer versus the 18th Amendment. I did. Um, can you give us a brief explanation why that's your favorite episode? Um, it's not. I gave you guys like 50 episodes. Or I came up with a list of 50 episodes and like 47 of them were already taken. Wow. And the other 42 were like done between me sending the initial email and me being here oh now. Oh my God. You guys, we are at like 50 episodes of this podcast, by the way. We didn't do any kind of little celebratory thing, but uh, hey, give it up for us. <laughs> give it up for us. Well, I was going to say that we... There was a moment when Ellie and I were uh, starting this podcast where we we thought out loud to each other, um, <laughs> in other words, a- a- discussing, um, <laughs> that uh, we would get to a point where uh, we would run into a problem like this, where we would have guests where their favorite episode was already taken, or in your case, your first 50. 49 uh-huh. were taken. Um, and that's just the nature of this business, baby. It's we not didn't the make good. the rules. We did, but <laughs> we, we did. didn't, but we did. <laughs> the good news is that you can go through 50 episodes and then still pick an episode written by John Swartzwelder that is hilarious and also pretty historic. This is a right. pretty famous I mean, episode. This is like, you know, if this episode is like a 9.97 and the best episode is a 10, mm-hmm. you know, you could go through another 100 episodes and still hit like 9.93. Yes. Mm. That's Isn't that a beautiful thing? You have no shortage of great episodes yeah yeah but but yeah you gave me that long list Mm -hmm. and then walk us through what happened from there um you said how about this one (laughs) okay i can talk about that one i love that episode i chose it yeah (laughs) that's that's also a fun thing that i (laughs) like about uh talking to guests before they come on the show about their favorite episode um i'll often ask people if it's hard send like three or five Mm -hmm. or something and then I'll try and, you know, if I know them fairly well, I'll try and find one that I feel matches their personality most. And it makes me feel like I'm a spiritualist. It makes me (laughs) feel like really like, ooh, cosmic. and You'd look good in this episode. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's like a new Bravo (laughs) reality show. Oh, I would love that. It's like Say Yes to the Dress, but with Simpsons episodes. People would buy that. I would buy it. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. Uh, (laughs) Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. I do think this episode has like at least 12 like all-time classic lines or moments it has so. there are a lot of lists of just like best quotes the simpsons and aside from like you know like dough and stuff like that the final line of this episode which we'll get to later is on almost all of the number one best simpsons quotes of all time just because of how like beautiful mm-hmm. and yes. kind of profound it is to alcohol the cause of and solution to all of life's problems <laughs> It's kind of, I, I don't remember who was talking about it. One of the writers that we've had on the show was saying that they got that line in and they're just like, did you like, he just came up with that. How did he just come up with that? Yeah, I don't know who came up with it, but um, in my research, uh, I found that friend of the show, Josh Weinstein, uh, wrote that Homer's line to alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems, yeah, that's, that's it. was described um, as one of the best, most truthful Simpsons statements ever. So it was Josh and yeah, John Swartzwalder wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, or he said, I think he was, I think, and Josh could correct us if uh, we're wrong, but I think Josh said that um, it was like in one of the earliest drafts too, that it was just oh, like, great. it was just like done. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's become such a meme now. And it's beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. also, it was supposed to be earlier in the episode. Like John wrote right. it as just like a throwaway line. And then the other writers were like, no, this is like 
the cap of the episode it's and they moved perfect. it to the end. Yeah. And isn't that beautiful? Like when other creative types are able to see things that you aren't like, oh, no, no, no. This is like going to be, you know, what is going to like just solidify this episode and we go out on it. I love that. Yeah. I love that sort of collaboration. Um, so in addition to the quotes, is there anything about this episode that makes it special or at least fun for us to talk about with you? Um, I love the way Homer interacts with Marge in it, yeah. where he's like, you know, he's trying to pull a fast one on her, not for any like sinister reasons. He's just like, you know, you know, this is another like, you know, pile of sugar that he wants to uh, <laughs> capitalize on. Um, and yeah, just like the the basement stuff that I'm not going to lie to you, Marge. <laughs> yeah. And then he just walks away. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you, Marge. <laughs> So long. That's yeah. pretty brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty great. Do we have any kind of summary for this episode? We do. I was going to say, before we get too deep into referencing certain parts of the episode, for people that haven't seen uh, this particular episode in a while, uh, let us read the summary. I always feel like a reference. <laughs> let us get out our holy books. Get out your episode guides. A prohibitionist movement emerges in Springfield after Bart is accidentally intoxicated during a St. Patrick's Day celebration. The, yeah, the municipal government, <laughs> fuck that word, <laughs> Munis, munis fuck it, discovers alcohol has <laughs> actually been, sorry guys, sorry English teachers. Take has a shot been, every time, Julia. <laughs> <makes a mistake. laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I'm so drunk right now. It's uh, actually been banned uh, on theme uh, for two centuries and moves to enforce the law, <laughs> prompting <laughs> Moe to disguise his bar as a pet shop. With the town becoming impatient with the police's incompetence, Chief Wiggum is replaced by Rex Banner, an officer of the U.S. Treasury Department in the meantime. Whoops. Department. Fuck this so (laughs) much. Take a shot whenever I mess up. Is that the game we're playing? Yeah. In the meantime, Homer figures out a way to keep Moe's bar operating by becoming a bootlegger. I want to mess up five more times to get people drunk (laughs) while they're in traffic. While they're driving to work. All right. There it is. Get drunk. I think that was great. <laughs> Thank you so much. I do think <laughs> it, it left out like a really important thing, which is the law requiring ducks to wear long pants. I love yes. that law. I, that's like a key. Enough key about the part ducks. Of this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a better than average synopsis for. That is the one. So I used to go to the episode guide to peel oh, okay. the curtain back a little right. bit. I used to go to the episode guide and then we found that it was like laughably like just leaving huge plot holes. Um, so now that's a Wikipedia special, my friend. Okay. Right, so the people that. have <laughs> voted on that being the best summary, um, I guess. You know, it, it, when you rewatch episodes, you often forget, or I often forget, uh, how they start. And I love the start of this one, uh, just to see such a, a difference in visuals. Um, everyone is wearing green, and it's just, you know, you see Lisa wearing the green dress, and you're just like, well, what's going on here? And I love <laughs> I love the, the simplicity of Bart saying, you look stupid in that green dress. And she says, well, that's funny. I don't feel stupid. And then yeah. you just see, in a very John Mulaney way, and you see everybody wearing green, of course, and there's that very silly but true like you pinch someone who's not wearing green and i yeah. remember being so excited for saint patrick's day at school because you would dress up and you would just like hunt people yeah. that were and like people would be really sneaky and they'd wear green underwear and just say show us then prove right. it it's you a know? very fun kid accessible holiday because it promotes um 
hitting other people and hurting <laughs> other people for a good reason. And fashion. And fashion. <laughs> and I love that dynamic between Bart and Lisa in this particular moment because it feels very true to how siblings and kids interact. You know, just sort of like setting each other up for getting teased in a very playful way. And I notice you're not pinching his legs. No yeah. one's pinching his legs. No one's pinching That's his legs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I kind of like it when Lisa gets back at Bart just mm-hmm. because it feels so earned. Yeah, it's he's triumphant. such a fucking asshole to her. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then so then we go to the adults and of course everyone in, in Moe's Tavern is like going crazy to try and get drunk and, you know, then we have um the parade that's happening and i love that like the whole town is coming together to like get wasted and like just be debaucherous yeah it's pretty fun i love anytime that there's a parade in springfield yes <coughs> and um anytime you get the whole kind of like background actors up in the front mm-hmm. it's just a really cool like who's that i like yeah. this yeah um and i don't remember if it is marge reading about the um parade about to come to town but there's a marge quote that i love that maybe you guys love too uh where she says it just brings out so many emotions in me joy excitement looking at things yes or looking, looking. is it just looking it's yeah looking. <laughs> it's and it's in the parade when she's standing in the crowd that's what it is right i right. love it and i love that this is a very truthful like uh mother kid moment where bart asks marge if he could have one of those like green trumpet things mm-hmm. and she says no you know the last time that we bought you one you threw it out of the car on the way home <laughs> and he goes oh, i was bored with it <laughs> but it won't happen this time it won't happen this time which i've made that argument to my mom several times uh, <laughs> especially at disneyland for those like i remember really wanting one of those like hercules the movie had just come out and i really wanted one of those like roman uh style yeah, sippy little, cups or whatever that. um and i won that fight guys but uh, i did not use it past that day anyway <laughs> so <laughs> he gets one of the trumpets and then there's a parade float that's just free beer. And we see these sort of like Duff models. The Duff beer cannon. Yeah, the yes. Duff beer cannon. And I love that. I don't know why I wrote this as one of my favorite lines. I, I don't know. I just think it's nice. Krusty uh, goes, open your yaps, boyos. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was fun. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Bart gets drunk because he's blowing through the trumpet. What a controversial thing. I forgot that Bart, uh, who, by the way, is a child. Yes. Gets drunk on adult beverage alcohol. A lot of the writers were very concerned about that. And, and that's why they had to do it through the trumpet, was yes. they couldn't have Bart actually drinking the alcohol. Of Too mimicable, right? Yeah. Though later, <laughs> after it's become like this big controversy, um, I love that Bart turns to Homer, like after Marge is disappointed with him, Bart turns to Homer, ah, you want to get a beer in Moe's? <laughs> like, ah, I'm tired. <laughs> you know, so he's just like in the rhythm of mm-hmm. being a drunk now. It is I just love it. It's instant. <laughs> it's instant. I just love it when Bart acts like an adult. I, I do. Think it's fun. So after choosing this episode, I, I, you know, I immediately went and rewatched it for the first time in a few years. Um, having seen it maybe... 40, 50 times <laughs> prior. Super and fair. like, um, I had forgotten about St. Patrick's Day and I had forgotten about the parade. And I hate both of those things so much. Really? Why? I hate parades because as wow. a child, I could have been watching TV. Mm. Wow. I'm like standing outside watching people walk slowly. Not <laughs> my thing. Yeah. Not my thing. Actually, yeah, I've never. I don't know that I love real parades. I guess I only really know parades from the Simpsons. Or like yeah, <laughs> I get what you're saying, though. I mean, as a child, it's it's a very labor-intensive experience. You're just walking and you're waiting. And even yeah. at Disneyland, I think it can be a little much. I, I think I sort of like happening upon a parade. 
I've happened upon parades a lot in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very charmed life I lead. Um, and that's always nice. But yeah, I, I kind of like lump it in with, um, I realized recently in my adult life um, that I don't like outdoor music festivals. I hate them. I don't I'm care so for them. I'm so happy to hear this. Yes. And the moment I realized that I don't have to go to them, I was like, my God. Absolutely. You're right. There's a, Coachella there's can go kick it. I agree. And Portlandia <laughs> has a great sketch about this. Yes. Um, is it going home? Go. No. Is it? Maybe. I don't remember it too well. Basically, the premise is that there's a way for you to experience Coachella in that they send a, um, like a, I don't know, some robotic camera thing that oh. like it, it makes it so you can, s- it goes to Coachella for you and I you can see the show. It, I love that. It's perfect because like I, I, I'm very quiet about my hatred of Coachella because you know, I don't want to be made fun of, <laughs> Yeah, but like, I hate it. I don't, I don't like standing for too long. I don't like being hot. I don't like crowds. I don't like not being able to bring food places. It's my nightmare. Yeah. The, you know what? Bringing food places is actually number one for me, me because too. I, I like even going to Disneyland, I will, I'm, I'm not officially hypoglycemic, but I will bust that out. If mm-hmm. people sass me about a pear in my bag. Okay. <laughs> you know, cause I hate it. It's pear just in like my bag. pear in my bag. Anyway, I just get really angry. I, I don't like it when people force me to buy like an $8, Coke, like I just think that it's really rude. So no, they're the worst. We can all anyone who's honest with themselves know that outdoor music festivals are a horrible, horrible (laughs) experience and a poor way to experience music. Yeah, and you particularly dislike St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, it's just a dumb holiday. It's a dumb. I don't. You know, I never did the pinching thing as a kid, and as an adult, it's people being drunk assholes, and I don't drink. So to me, it's just like, all right. So it's a day where everyone around me is being. Yeah. horrible and i don't want to be around them. i'm with you on that i think that america has too many phony baloney holidays mm-hmm. and that makes me feel very ayn rand when i say it like i'm like we shouldn't have three day weekends <laughs> get back to work hippies <laughs> like i get really passionate about it um I, uh, another thing in, like you and coachella uh and me and coachella i'm not very vocal about it because it's uh, kind of a bummer yeah. but but yeah i think that we have too many weird holidays that we've like whitewashed and americanized and that in Cinco de Mayo, I'm like, mm, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I remember, like, you know, I don't know, if if you grow up white, you have to <laughs> learn, you have to learn that some things are just for us, and then you realize, like, that's horrible. Yeah. Like, I remember... Because, like, when you're a kid and you celebrate Cinco de, like Cinco de Mayo and stuff like that, like, you, you aren't thinking of it really with a cultural background unless your parents sit you down and be like, well, here's the story. Because, right. you know, it's just kind of another reason to party. And then, you know, you, you obviously go to school with kids that are Hispanic and black and Asian and all these different races and stuff. And then you start to realize, like, oh, it's just us? That's fucked up. Yeah. And I remember realizing, like, n- I remember I asked my friends. That, that were Hispanic, like, what are you doing for Cinco de Mayo? And they just laughed at me. It's like, we don't do that. That's a you guys thing. And right, I'm just like, oh, shit. Right, right, Why, yeah, am, I, why yeah. am I celebrating? Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's kind of like um, <clears throat> how a lot of people that aren't Jewish lump Hanukkah into being the same level of importance as Christmas. When 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 you talk to somebody who's Jewish and they're like, eh, it's important, <laughs> but it's like yeah. Rosh Hashanah is probably, or Yom Kippur yeah, is definitely. probably more important. Um, but it's just because of seasonally... Everyone wants everything to be tied up in a nice little bow. You know, <laughs> we, we get our Christmas. You guys get your Christmas. <laughs> uh, but Next topic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, the, that, that is interesting. So when you watch it um, in this episode, do, do you get kind of a feeling of just like, 
you too? Like you guys are doing this too, or is it just kind of fun? It was more of just like I had. Fr- I was like, wow. I remember this being like one of the best episodes of The Simpsons, and the first third of it isn't doing anything for me because I'm enjoying the episode less because there's a parade. I'm like, Aww. that's my that's my level of parade hatred. You are raining on the parade. But I what am. about the moment when so Bart's drunk? There are two <laughs> things that I want to talk about. First, we see a poo drunk, which is just so charming it's mm-hmm. really charming just him with like a mega horn or whatever uh just saying like everybody get naked come like, on don't be stuck up <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, bart's drunk and all the adults are judging him but all the kids are immediately cheering like cheering on yes Bart. i love that that's, I, that's super that's fun so true to kids yeah yeah, yeah, and then uh, and then we cut to the bar, and everybody's you know drunk and and being. I'm the prime minister crazy. of Ireland. Yeah, I love that. And then he, <laughs> so B- Homer has a barrel over his head, uh, and it's a very fun like visual gag where he has to turn it and look through like the single hole to look at the TV and see that Bart's drunk, and you know he should be ashamed, um, which we don't know if he is, but March certainly <laughs> is. So that's enough for both of them. But anyway, so we, we we need the parade just so that we have a reason to ban alcohol, basically. Right. So we finally are at this point, and then this episode really gets going. Like, there's a lot of cool <laughs> stuff we're that happens. off to the races. <laughs> Industry term. <laughs> um, yeah. I love the idea of prohibition existing in this time. Like, I remember... And a lot of this is, is personalized stories, so forgive me, but this episode came out when I was, I think, learning about the prohibition in school. Like, for me, I was probably, like, pretty early social studies, so I was like, the Simpsons are teaching me what I need to learn. Close the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we figured it out, guys. <laughs> I found a loophole. I can just watch TV. Yeah. Uh, and you have that, that banner that's just, like, you know, 0.75 day sober. I love mm-hmm. that. And you go into Moe's, like, yeah, that was a scary couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, in my research, I found out that the writers... Um, had realized that, you know, over the course of the series, so this is season eight, um, they've had, you know, many jokes about alcohol through Barney, through Moe, through Homer, of course, um, but they were shocked, season eight, that they had never dealt with a prohibition like episode which is funny to think that that's a sitcom trope even <laughs> um which i don't really think it is but i just like them you remember when the brady bunch went sober oh yeah yeah <laughs> oh it was a rough couple hours cousin oliver was a dick um but but yeah i just love them treating it like oh god we've been asleep at the wheel we haven't done a <laughs> prohibition era episode but it fits so perfectly within this world and you know all of the the cogs in the machine work together really well especially with introducing this new character rex banner who is hilarious yeah dave thomas who i don't really know yeah i um well this is what really makes it an oakley weinstein thing i'm learning over time <laughs> is that they love character actors I yeah mean, mm-hmm. josh said it on this show that he loves character actors and i had to actually google him uh, and find out you know where i know him from um but he's actually been a pretty successful voice actor and he's you know voiced characters on um king of the hill Mm -hmm. and um he was also in mission hill yes uh, josh's show and he was actually in arrested development he played a character named trevor oh my goodness yeah he was in several episodes (laughs) yes yes you guys have that (laughs) six degrees connection um but he does a great job as rex banner SCTV. That's the, uh, yes, that's the that's the thing. Like he was on SCTV, and that's where the writers knew him from, and they loved him on that because SCTV is like one of the biggest influences on The Simpsons. I don't know anything about SCTV. Is that crazy? It's yes. a generational so, thing. I think. It is. I'm I'm a lot older than you, so it's not that crazy. But can yeah. you can I you maybe some things just allude 
different generations. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm super into Kids in the Hall. Yes. I was right. very young so when Kids in the Hall came so out, but I sought it out. You know, there was Saturday Night Live and Kids in the Hall. And for, like, our parents' generation, there was Saturday Night Live and Second City TV. Yes. there was. It was, like, the 1970s version of, or 80s. And Catherine O'Hara was on it quite a, a lot. Really everyone. Catherine John Candy. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone in the world. Rick Moranis. Mc, yes. Yeah. So I'm, fam- I'm familiar that it's a big cultural touchstone, but I have not, in fact, seen a. Oh. Yeah, I haven't either. It's just that's a ah, famous thing. I just you. know about fuck it. You. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I'm not I that thought old. you were about to school us. No, I thought I'm you were not. about to be like, God fucking damn it, you. He was also in um, Strange Brew. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Well, yeah. you know, no offense to Dave Thomas, but I did laugh when um, I looked up his page and it said, Dave Thomas is most famous for Strange Brew. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, man, what a career. <laughs> is he Canadian? Do you know? He is Canadian. Okay, well, then that makes sense. And you for a long time, I just thought he was the Wendy's guy. I thought the Wendy's guy oh, and that Dave Thomas yeah, yeah. were the same one. I'm like, wow, he is prolific. Yeah. But yeah, those, you know, I, um, we do talk about voice acting on the show a bit and like, I think we've discussed that, like, we don't, at least, you know, the hosts of the show don't like uh, necessarily just getting a celebrity to, to do the voice. Because, like, they don't necessarily know, like, how to yeah. do good voice acting. Like, when, you know, that, like, I don't know, those shark movies that came out a while ago from, like, Pixar or those whoever. Shark DreamWorks. <laughs> like, shark Jenna- Tale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think there was only one. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Anything DreamWorks. Uh, oh, shark movie. <laughs> but, you know, you get Jennifer Aniston and, like, these different names, and then the fish kind of look like the actors. I and I was like, I hate this. A shark's tail, wasn't it? Will Smith <laughs> it was. was. Okay, yeah. Okay. And um, I hated that movie. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that so that taps into something that is frustrating to me, too, where they just get, you know, um, whatever, like, Tina Fey as so-and-so as, and, like, a kids don't fucking yeah care. they don't know but you know what i do i read some studies about like the psychology that goes into when you hear a familiar voice that's why john ham uh is often well he's the voice of like a car company right now and that's why people like john ham and, and celebrities like that are often tapped for being voiceover actors because your brain just does like a familiar like ooh, this is somebody that we like however when it comes to something that is more artistic, like an animated feature, I agree with you. I feel like, you know, leave it to the pros. Yeah. There are literally five voice actors that are just being used up and up and up <laughs> uh, across the board anyway. And now y- they're getting jobs taken from them by Tina Fey. I'm really shooting for Tina Fey yeah. today. Fuck you, Tina Fey. Fuck you, Tina Fey. <laughs> when, <I was, laughs> when I was watching this episode and like trying to like, identify why I love it so much, um, so many of the jokes in this episode are... They they live and die on the strength of the voice actor. Absolutely, yeah. like the "I'll catch you, beer baron." <laughs> no, you won't. I yeah. love that. Yes, I will. Won't. That's like I can't like. It's funny, but like written on the page, there's no reason that should be funny. But they did such a brilliant Dan job. Lanetta is fucking. Gr- I mean, everybody in the Simpsons cast is <coughs> fucking great. Yeah, it's. I, I there are like I listen to the albums a lot, and there are just like nuances that you pick up that like they, com- I'm sure it's a complete invention of their own. The voice actors, there's no way that you can write that on a page. Right. There's no way. There's no word that can describe you know certain emotions that they bring in their voices. It's incredible. The thing that like really made me realize this was there's an episode of my favorite line on Futurama, is someone saying to Fry, "Have you heard of the monks of Deshuba?" <laughs> and Fry says, "I have not heard of them." 
<laughs> and it's not that funny when you say it. It's but the hilarious. way they say it on the Absolutely. show is the funniest thing that's, that's ever existed. That's kind of a Chandler existed. Bing take. Yeah. 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 Could it be more? Anyway. Um, which I'm sure on the page looked pretty dull as well. But, you know, Matthew Perry, you stepped it up. <laughs> um so to recap, fuck Tina Fey, uh, hell yeah, <laughs> Matthew Perry. <laughs> yeah, that's the two that's words how we that I want to go out on. Uh, also, oh honey, you're not the world's worst mother. What about that freezer lady <laughs> in Georgia? Um, another uh, voice acting moment that I thought was really, really good was, was Wiggum when Rex Banner comes in. Aww. He's just like, what are you waiting for? Someone to kiss you goodbye? And he says, uh, well, uh, no, no. <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> that reminds me. Uh, that, that reminded me of my sister so much for some reason. <laughs> That's so sad. I love you so much, Katie Prescott. Um, Did she forget her name? <laughs> Katie Schmesh. Julia just read her hand to see what your name was, Katie. <laughs> Katie Prescott. Uh, no, 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 no. It's very adorable. It was a if very you adorable the last take. Name. Uh, I mean, you don't know my life. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was just a very adorable take. I just felt like there's something about Chief Wiggum's character in this episode. This is how I'm going to redeem my statement. Um, but that is that is very lovable and is very warm and and like we we feel for him. So that's what I was thinking. And he has striped pants. I love the striped pants. pants. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Also, so fun to have when before he gets fired, before any of this stuff goes down, and they're hanging out in the pet shop. Um, he's dancing with the woman from Homer's Night Out, which is such yeah, a fun... I, they reused a lot of like those kind of characters in this yeah. episode, which I thought they was really the fun. They reused the footage is what they did. Yes, they did. That's they very got, cool. Like, the, all the riot scenes are from the Lisa Hockey episode. Why not if you can, if you can keep your budget under? Like, just right. go for it. It's so hard. I love I'm it. I'm learning more and more just how hard animation <laughs> is. Um, but yeah, I feel like this episode has um, great commentary on the show itself. Uh, particularly through the line um, when they first talk about prohibition being something that uh, was stated in, in Springfield at a time. Um, Homer says, I'm guessing this will be the last we hear of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like <laughs> early in the first act. Right. You know? So I love those kind of nods. Um, and then I also did a little research. So there is uh, a moment in here. We see Helen Lovejoy giving her trademark line. Won't somebody think of the children? Mm -hmm. And I thought for a second, is this the first I time thought that, too. that we've seen this? And no, in fact, we've seen it in season seven. Um, but thanks to Frankiac.com, I was able to track other uh, times that we've seen it, you know, season nine, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I realized in researching it. So Think of the Children has its own Wikipedia page. That's not great. Simpsons Wiki, <gasps> fucking right. full-time Wikipedia. And it's actually from Mary Poppins. Can I, can I tell you something insane right now that's like maybe not that exciting? <laughs> I cannot believe this. I was, for some reason, just really wanting to hear the Mary Poppins theme song on the way over. Ah! And they just don't really have any good ones. So I was like angrily listening to like the most recent live Broadway recordings and like just hate listening to Mary Poppins on the way over wow. here. Wow. Because like for some reason, and it must have been, I knew that you were looking <laughs> on the Wikipedia. <laughs> we'll call it that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, w I was like hardcore Mary Poppins on my brain. Yeah, well, your ears were burning. You wanted to see inside, so you lit a Q-tip. This is insane to me. I know. Oh my god! Well, that was insane <laughs> for me to discover. It made sense, but I love that connection. I love that that's the origin story, and it's all because in the beginning of Mary Poppins, you know, the old nanny is running out, and then the mom is like, "Won't you think of the children?" That's hilarious. And so, uh, on the Wikipedia page, it says that they credit Simpsons as being the one that popularized it, and that it was like the most 
uh, successful, you know, transition of like a reference becoming part of the lexicon. I love that. That's so yeah. great. I mean, that's not real science, but I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Wikipedia people telling us what's real now. <laughs> um, so are you a fan of uh, John Swartzwalder, like outside of The Simpsons at all? Like, have you ever read any of his um, I books? I own some of his books. Ooh. And I can't find my Kindle. Oh, so no. yeah. they are they are in digital cloud somewhere i yeah uh, i i asked just because this is so i obviously really love john swirswaller um scripts that he's done but this one is the most in my opinion the most john swirswaller e thing that yes. exists because he loves that old timeliness, old timeliness yeah. but there's like it's funny it's hard to explain quite what it is but when i'm reading john swirswaller books I kind of start talking like his characters. And the best example of this in this episode is when um, they're coming out with the bowling balls filled with beer. And Marge just like, you know, what is this? And he says, well, and I can explain, remember. <laughs> that is <laughs> such great. a John Swartzwalder, like, I have such a hard time with his name. John Swartzwalder y type of language where you just kind of say the first thing, like, kind of step back a little bit, keep going. It's all over the place, and it, it's so perfect. There's another great moment that I wrote down where um, <laughs> the the CEO of Duff, when oh, yeah. Prohibition <laughs> is enacted, he goes, we're not worried. Our customers <laughs> buy Duff for its robust taste. And then he introduces <laughs> Duff Zero. And then it just goes 30 minutes later, and he puts an out-of-business <laughs> sign on the Duff factory, and he goes, well, that's, that's the, the end, end of me. me. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> just so pleasant. That's the end of me. See you guys. <laughs> and Marge, uh, also going to the door being covered in like do not enter in all the different languages mm -hmm. well, that's funny i used, used to be to able to, to go, go down that. there it's so <laughs> funny i love it so much yeah so then we meet rex banner shortly after that and it's a very dramatic introduction where he's getting all these you know uh telegrams to go to springfield and to to help out and right after the telegram that's you know telling him to go to springfield he reads another that says uh rexy <laughs> daisy had puppies <laughs> and just gives the telegram a stern nod like, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's yeah. good <laughs> great um i don't you know i would i would hate to i feel like selfish for saying my favorite line of this but one of my favorite lines ever is uh sucks like a fox oh rats another gutter ball jay homer you sure do suck tonight yeah suck like a fox <laughs> yes, I did write sucks like a fox. I mean, it anything like a fox. I feel like the Simpsons really I, I won't say they started. Is that from it. Mary Poppins? It is from <laughs> Mary Poppins as well. Um but anytime that there's a reference to it, it's sort of like a nice little nod. I I actually looked this one up. Crazy Ooh. like a fox was like a long time thing, yes. but there are there's suck like a fox in Lemon of Troy. <laughs> yes. yes. Um and this. And the other thing is um sort of famous line that they reuse is maybe I do something. Yeah. Maybe I do. In the uh, the Guatemalan Insanity Pepper yeah. episode, oh, yeah, yeah. he says, maybe I do, son, maybe I do, to Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> yeah. And here it's to Chief. And that's probably my all-time thing I say from The Simpsons. Just in And it's so subtle, too. Yeah. And I people are like, why are you saying it that way? What's, are you having it's a funny. stroke? Yeah. Because yeah. it's fun. I feel like that's consistent with uh, Simpsons people, Sim Springfieldians, of quoting the Simpsons and people thinking that they're crazy. That, uh, that and I don't know from when Homer is trying to collect <laughs> Mr. Burns' yeah, mail. Yeah. Or I, I, I will roll out a possibly uh, occasionally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a little bit more obvious. 
but you know, not to everyone. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, um, just a, another anecdote. I I too quote The Simpsons, and I really? would say <laughs> <laughs> I would say you know what like if I just left, <laughs> <laughs> and I would say I uh, jumped out the window, <laughs> come back, Wait, and then jump back, back in. <laughs> the PTA That's is the rebound. One of my top five moments. Oh my god, easily. holy fuck! Um, but the you know you would you say like like a fox. Um, I had uh, a friend <coughs> who was. Like, I don't know. I don't know why she thought it was this. Um, maybe it's because English was her second language, but I feel like she still should have known that it was Fox. But my best friend um, in middle school used to say, like a box, because she oh thought boy. that's what I was saying. And now that's something that my family says. Like a box. <laughs> I love it so much. Crazy. Go to the like box. Like a box. Go to the box factory. <laughs> a box. Yes. My boy's a box. My boy's a box. Oh, God. I still think about Somebody has a tattoo of that somewhere. Of the box and then Bart's little red hat. Mm-hmm. Oof! It's give it a Google. It's a good <laughs> Google. I want that tattoo, but you know maybe I'll cap it at one Simpsons tattoo, right, guys? <laughs> we don't need several. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of great pairing in this episode between um, Bart and Homer. They're like they go in cahoots together to bootleg some beer, and it's just fun. I mean, it's there's no real heart lessons there between them, but I kind of just like it when they're hanging out. Um, and, uh, and I love the turn that, you know, first we may think that Marge would be opposed to it and, you know, shut it down, but she thinks that it's very clever and, you know, she says something like, oh, well, you know, I've known your father since high school and this is like the, the smartest, smartest thing he's thing. ever yeah, done. It's like, I can't believe it. Um, so I love that. And I just love, yeah, I love that. It, it's sort of like this episode with bootlegging and then when Homer gets into the grease business mm-hmm. um, is yes. very similar in its beats of Homer being like, I've figured out a loophole to life and I'm just going to go for it. It's just very fun. You know, we, it's like we're along for the ride with him and we don't, you know, second guess his motives. It's just like, OK, well, we'll see how this turns out. It'll probably be bad, but yeah, let's see how bad. <laughs> so it's super fun. Um, yeah, and then he's selling the beer to Moe's, which is disguised as a pet shop. Um, and I love that <laughs> moment with Barney uh, where Mo charges him 45 bucks for a beer. And he goes, 45 bucks? This better be the best tasting <laughs> beer in the world. And he takes a sip and he goes, you got lucky. <laughs> I always love that. That's such a great. Yeah. Um, I think, I, d- I assume this is Schwarzwalder just because he wrote a lot of it, but I love when Rex comes into the pet shop and, you know, they do the quick turnarounds uh-huh. and uh, it's the, uh, what kind of pet shop would be open at this hour of night, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, uh, the best pet shop in town. Everybody cheers. The best damn pet best shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chef pet, yeah. But yeah. The, the part that I like is everybody putting their yes. beer into the air and then the clinking sound of putting it behind their backs. There's a great camaraderie that happens in this episode between the town that everybody's like diving into being drunks, like fighting for the right to be drunk, which is very <laughs> fun. Because I think that we don't. Uh, well, there's actually one character reveal that I think is really funny. Uh, we don't perceive that everyone in this town besides Barney and the people that occupy Moe's Tavern um, loves to get drunk. I think that it's it's sort of sequestered to that group because they're like the town drunks. But then um, when the ruling goes out that prohibition is going to be enacted, um, so Barney falls down, the people in the Moe's Tavern fall down, but then Dr. Hibbert is reading it in the newspaper mm-hmm. and he looks <laughs> yeah. over and his wife has <laughs> fallen down, which is very funny. Um, I think her name is Bernice. <laughs> like, oh, Bernice. She's drunk too. I mean, it's all it's all how we get by, you guys. <laughs> I'd love to see an episode of intervention with Simpsons characters, or maybe that's the worst idea ever. I don't know. You guys tweeted us. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, th- maybe this is a personal question, but is this? Um, I mean, 
when I watched this episode, I obviously didn't drink because I was a child. Uh, watching as an adult, like, what is your relationship with, um, you know, watching the characters get drunk? Is it is it more funny or is it annoying ever? Like, you know, you said you don't like St. Patrick's Day because people are always drunk. What about when the Simpsons are all drunk and, and being silly? Oh, they're hilarious on the Simpsons. Because yeah, they with... can't bother you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I drank, you know, when I was like a teenager, like a 14-year-old getting smashed on Listerine. You know, I just don't do it anymore so it's not like i'm like totally <laughs> opposed to drinking and my wife drinks and all my friends drink it's mm-hmm. fine i just don't um i i've completely forgotten what my point was you don't need a point yeah i don't need well, a take point. a drink cool. yeah <laughs> take a drink. Shot. everyone take a shot, shot. <laughs> um uh, what was your question? Uh, my question was kind of just what is your you you answered it. You, I I asked you know how do you feel about watching The Simpsons get drunk and goofy and you said it was entertaining. I love every part of watching The Simpsons, so <laughs> that's that's gonna be my answer yeah. to all. <laughs> and I think you trust them with being a loyal viewer that they're going to you know not be gratuitous or not dole out like a lesson that is like misguided that is going to have its own moral core. So one thing that I think is funny, I was so there's this episode. The um the secret of Jebediah Springfield yeah and the one where they ban babies from public places <laughs> mm. these three episodes I think like in the episode like they strongly make a case for like you know we should know the truth about Jebediah babies should not be allowed in public the town is better under prohibition and then at the end of the they're like no we're not gonna do that yeah they totally just you know like we don't need to be consistent with our moral (laughs) yeah no i like it when i I don't know i like to see like the cracks and veneer of the town like to show that they're real people and i think that you see a lot of that in like the do what you feel like day episode where everyone's just sort of like indulging their every whim and we get to see you know kent brockman at play which is always fun for me and um you know mr burns and like you know other characters that may be more buttoned up and then they're sort of able to let loose and we can see them being humans i think that's really fun in the simpsons it is really fun i agree we all agree (laughs) you Um, guys were all just staring at me very quietly so i have a moment of agreeance Uh, a a moment i love uh because we have this super stern rex banner um anything that is silly happening in front of him is just such a a great juxtaposition (laughs) and so you have him at the diner and they're just like you haven't touched your banana kaboom (laughs) by the way very very happy happy birthday birthday for rex banner i think about that every birthday i I posted uh, (laughs) i put it on everyone else's facebook wall that's pretty good yeah yeah. So Great. one thing I realized from watching this episode, if you have a character who refers to themselves in third person, they have to use both their first and last name for it to be funny. Like yeah. Rex Banner, like it slays me every time he says his own name. But yeah. on other things like, you know, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine and uh, uh, Terry Crews refers to himself as Terry all the time on it. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's fine. But Rex Banner. Yeah. No, I there's something it. fun. And I like that just in general, especially when... Um, you know, people, uh, I find this a lot with comedians, like, will name full names of their friends from high school like we all know them. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a very fun joke where it's like, oh, well, of course, you know, like, I'm going to put someone on blast right now. Portia Millington. <laughs> you know, if you guys know Portia M- And it's just like, uh, I don't know. It, I just think it's like a fun game to play. It's just very silly. And I think that calling somebody by their full name is very fun anyway. I don't know. Absolutely. It's just like a silly... Um, I don't know, like formalness that uh, you don't find often. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I think that calling someone by their last name is the ultimate, like, 
you're my pal or for let's sure date. <laughs> oh my god i love it when somebody calls me my last name it's fun yeah it's super fun or like sometimes people give you like a nickname based on your last name like yeah that's, so people call me gertsy sometimes oh that's on fun. the internet at least not really in real life yeah it doesn't really ha- sound good coming out of someone's mouth my mom <laughs> uh my mom has a bunch of okay my mom's best <laughs> friend is uh very very gay and um and my mom has always had just like a gaggle of gays follow her throughout <laughs> her life um should be unsurprising if you know me at all um is uh, that the official plural gaggle of gays of gaggle? yes yes okay. um but they would always nickname her pressy um but yeah no i I love that and and maybe one day i will inherit the nickname pressy but oh god (laughs) when she dies you'll when she dies oh if she dies yes i think that she'll just be immortal (laughs) (laughs) um should i read the stuff you may have missed yes although really quickly i do want to say you mentioned this in our sponsors but uh how funny was the who wants a bathtub mint julep and then those three horse track guys you know in the white suits it's just perfect yeah yeah the colonel sanders looking motherfuckers they're super (laughs) fun um so we already read our sponsors which includes 2000 years of irish cops you guys and the drunken irish novelist of springfield but other things that we may have missed businesses along the parade route include 12 day dry cleaners a pawn shop all right and uh heinrich's monocle shop very fun um flashed on the tv screen as bart stumbles around in a drunken stupor is the label drunken boy live (laughs) just very fun um, and then you mentioned uh, the banner Springfield clean and sober for 0.75 days. Um, and then another thing, uh, we spoke about Dave Thomas a bit, um, but also Joe Montagna is featured in this episode as Fat Tony, which um, he's best. like pretty much like one of the standard cast now. Yeah, I feel. yeah mm-hmm. definitely. Um, are there any others or is that? Uh, so, you know, I, I feel like it's so easy for um, us to kind of get excited and and we might have taken some uh opportunities for you to talk about some favorite moments in this episode are there any things that we've missed that you oh yeah like to cover? like three quarters of the episode i i could literally talk about this episode <laughs> for like the next five give days. us the highlights um uh, i love rex, to clear my I love, next five days i love rex banner i lo- like frank scorpio is my all-time favorite so Hank like scorpio? any yeah, yeah any super bombastic guest character they yes. have i love that um i'm gonna like look at my phone while you do that, people, I just want to say... So I can recall my notes, yes. Oh, Chief Wiggum's beats in this episode are really great. And we know we touched upon it earlier, but there's one moment where he just sidles up to the Simpsons' kitchen window <laughs> and leans in and goes, Hey, uh, do you guys need any... Uh, do you need somebody to arrest you for anything? You know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of bored. At first, I thought prohibition was a good thing. People were drinking more and having a lot more fun. But without beer, prohibition doesn't work. Hey, hi. Can I arrest any of you people for anything? No. Ah, jeez, I don't have anything to do anymore. With Banner around, alcohol and crime are history in this town. And so am I. Now, don't say that. Alcohol is a way of life. Alcohol is my way of life, and I aim to keep it. Sounds like you have a plan. Maybe I do, Chief. Maybe I do. Come on, boy. Think of a plan. I just love Chief Wiggum so much. I've said it on the podcast in the past. He's my favorite uh, Springfield character that is non-Simpsons family. I just feel like every time that he's in a scene, I don't know, it's going to be a good time. Like, I'm always excited when he's invited to the party. Um, So, favorite things... um Election in November, election in November. Again, this stupid country. I (laughs) love how 
the disdain Simpsons has for democracy sometimes. Um, usually Brockman said it before. I've said it, I'll said it again. Democracy just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I think Bart's comment. Um, let's see. I love Rock, Rex Banner knocking the TV onto the floor. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Bart standing on his head to think of a plan. Yes. <laughs> that yes. is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, that is brilliant kid logic and brilliant that Homer would also also think that Absolutely. was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, when they're going through the uh, cemetery, Dad, knocking over gravestones is bad luck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? <laughs> I heard good. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so one thing I never understood is the scenes they cut. So I watched these, you know, when they first came out, and I would videotape them to watch when I went to my dad's house because he had he lived out in the country and we didn't have good reception. And when I say I watched this episode 50 times, it's because we had a six-hour tape of The Simpsons that I would just <laughs> watch every week when I went out there. Um, but I taped them from syndication, mm. and they cut out so many good jokes in syndication, and one of them being – um, when he's Homer's buying the bathtubs, he's like, I like 42 bathtubs. Oh, yeah. And the bathtub salesman is like, you know, we have a sale 50 for 3,000. I said 42. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That um, kind of vaguely reminded me of like 100 tacos for $100. Right. Oh, yeah. um, other things I really like. Um, it's a redemptive episode for Homer. It's always nice to see him like doing things that are smart. Um, I am now the same age as Homer. And as I've, like, gotten older, I've realized that, like, sort of my role in life is being an oaf. Um, <laughs> so it's nice to see other oafs do well for themselves. Yeah. Um, You're not the first person on our podcast that has said, I now, as an adult, relate to Homer most. Oh, no, no. I, I see myself becoming an oaf. My most relatable, relatable character is probably Edna. Oh. Edna, Edna or Bard of Darkness, Bart Simpson. Aww. The episode right after this one is um, the... I Don't what spoil called. it. <laughs> oh, no, no, not on the podcast. Oh, okay. No, All no, right, no. That's fine. The is uh, Edna and... Um, what is that called? Oh, uh, uh, Grade School Confidential, where mm-hmm. which is very Edna. Oh, Woodrow. Seymour. Yeah. Or is it? No, it's sorry, Ed, that's it's, something it's, else. It's Edna and uh, Skinner at... Martin's party and they yes. they kiss and the I baby winked at me. Closet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I know we shouldn't have served clams. <laughs> oysters, yeah. Or oysters, whoops. <laughs> so good. Um, I just love Martin's parents so oh, much. The best. But but yeah. So we explain why Edna is your most relatable Simpsons character because this is a big thing we were going to ask you in a bit. But let's just fucking open it up right let's get now. Get into it. Um, because Edna's sad mm-hmm. and despite I mean you know as a person does comedy I have. I'm, of course, like sad, like all the time. That's sort of like what makes comedians be comedians a lot of the time is like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of miserable a lot of the time and sad for some reason I can't like put my finger on. And, you know, I have many wonderful things in my life. I have like, you know, I've had a lot of success with my books. I have we talked about this earlier. Um, I have a wife whose wedding vows to me were Simpsons quotes oh a my long God. What theories were um i don't remember <laughs> oh boy. i'm a bad husband oh i know boy. i'm a bad husband i'm sorry allison not you allison <laughs> oh my but goodness allison i'm married too <laughs> yeah. um, two l's are one huge bombshell we just revealed you guys we're married not to be married <laughs> and, and ali you never mentioned being married this entire time <laughs> that'd be hilarious Ooh, boy. um how does she spell her name um do you remember with an a <laughs> do you remember <laughs> a-l-l-i-s-o-n um 
Yeah, just sort of like, you know, the existential despair that, like, you know, is inflicted upon all comedy people. A bit of nihilism, yeah. maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, Edna's something. like, yeah, she's just sort of a sad person who is never going to be happy. Oh, I um, sadly relate to her, too. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I relate to her in the way that, like, she feels like the only true adult. Right. In all of The Simpsons. Right, Besides exactly. Besides maybe Marge. Like, yeah. I just feel like Edna sees another dimension. And maybe that is what makes her so sad because she's very lonely in that realization and yeah. that self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sort of outside perspective is what allows comedians to write jokes Absolutely, about yeah. the world. Yeah. Um, how did you feel? Um, I mean, the answer is going to be sad, but I guess I'll just say, how sad was it when Marsha Wallace passed away? That made me so sad because it very meant, sad. meant that she couldn't. We lost Edna too. That little tribute was really nice. Yeah, um, that I miss you, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Krabappel, Mrs. K. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, growing like for a very long time, and still to a big extent, Bart and Bart of Darkness, like sitting in his room, like having the Stratrigo <laughs> people fight against each other, like that's yeah. That's I that's actually very did that as a relatable. kid. Relatable. Um, that's a very is it St. Higgins Day already? It <laughs> is that Aunt Helga. I love that. Um, I think about that Bart and Bart of Darkness a lot mm-hmm. when I'm like deep in writing something. Oh, yeah. And, like, that I have to stay up all night and I'm just like in my cave, just like, <laughs> like the light gets turned <laughs> on and I hiss like a raccoon, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that, like, who told you? <laughs> that image of Bart looking through the uh, blinds, I think, is a, is a mm-hmm. good one for writers. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, that's me. it's very relatable. <laughs> Everyone else is having fun. <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. Yeah, those are two great picks. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people could relate to those too. I love the specificity of Bart and Bart of Darkness. Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's really w- great. If someone says Bart, we should just go, which, which Bart? one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, are there any other uh, areas that you wanted to touch on? Um, so something that like I think you guys would like to hear about is um, when I lived in Portland, because I lived in Portland for about 10 years, um, they had a film festival of Homer Groening's movies. Um, he, his job was an advertising guy, um, but he was an amateur filmmaker and Lisa and Matt presented the movies along with, uh, Bill Plimpton and a few other big animators. Awesome. And in the audience was basically because, you know, it was a family reunion on stage. It was like everyone from like in their family. So I was sitting at the, in the row behind me was the Wiggum family. Oh, um, Maggie was in the audience. Yeah. Um, who refused to talk. <laughs> um, there was one point um, during a thing where Matt referred to his dad as Homer Simpson by accident. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was it was a magical magical that evening. That's cool. That's yeah. Really cool. Um, and it was interesting just because like you got so much like inside baseball between like how he like the elements from his family and his dad that like influenced how he created all the characters. That's really great. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I remember the first time I went to Portland, it like blew my mind to see the streets that were Flanders Street right. and different stuff like that. And then when I realized, oh, yeah, like he grew up there. Right. Didn't he grow he, up he there? He yeah. He spent his formative years yeah. there. Yes. Yeah. I think that's that's was the distinction. But yeah, it's and it just makes Portland even more magical as if you needed <laughs> that. Right. Um, yeah. No, I love. There was there was. You did one of the best. I mean, not to like knock my marriage or wedding or anything, but you know that that was a special that was, that night. Was a, yeah, that, was that was a, a special night. <laughs> yeah. Um, Remember what he said. 
<laughs> Let's How see. about some turpentine or cock? Is that what he said? Delicious <laughs> cock. Delicious cock. cock. Him um, rubbing his belly. One episode <laughs> or one scene that was cut, well, it was a deleted scene, was after the uh, Homer escapes um, in the cemetery. They ask, let's see. Rex Banner says, there's some things Rex Banner won't do, like desecrate a cemetery when it's dark and spooky. <laughs> <laughs> I like him saying spooky. Yeah. It's super fun. And then uh, I think Lou says, you know, it's okay, Rex. And Rex is like, it's sweet of you to say that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like Rex's relationship with Eddie and Lou. Um, not to say that they are betraying Chief Wiggum and, and they're just doing their job, but I kind of like that they're like, you know, not entirely on board with this guy, but they're not going to, like, you know, riot and, like, go against him. He's just the new guy in town, mm-hmm. and so they're, like, trying to help him out in the same way. And, of course, uh, we didn't even really mention uh, the catapult at the end. Yeah, We should we should t- test this, that poor cat. I know. <laughs> um, Cats yeah. getting hurt in a way that doesn't, like, kill them is very funny to me. Any sort of animal or a tiny thing going, mew, <laughs> it's really funny. Like, going off in the distance is so funny. It's very right? Looney Tunes. It's very Looney Tunes, yeah. I almost forgot the... Uh, Homer saying it must have been that bean I had for oh, dinner yeah. and then laying Boom. in bed and making the explosion noises yeah. but that also is like a wonderful true relationship moment of Marge saying Homer I think you need to give up the bootlegging and Homer's like I'll be back in a minute goes downstairs <laughs> to check on it catches on fire and says Marge I've thought about what you said yeah I've decided to stop bootlegging <laughs> and it's like yes as as a uh, oafish uh husband you know there's times when you just say like yeah i agree with what you said it's not that like my actions had disastrous consequences and that's what made me change my mind it's because i listened to you honey (laughs) oh i love that perspective from their bedroom window that we see a lot in this uh hello mother dear hello mother dear um just marge looking out and seeing homer run across the front lawn on fire is is so great it's uh, visually tasty i would even dare to say um (laughs) but so we touched upon uh the consequence for breaking the prohibition clause um in springfield is punishment by catapult um and so homer is about to get on the catapult they test it and then you know he still has to go through and then they look up uh the next line they didn't Mm -hmm. bother to read the next line of (laughs) of this legal document and it says that it was um banished not even a year after it was enforced (laughs) so i love that that's like a a really great story moment and it ties everything up together and it's also a really funny joke yeah it's also like when homer's like you know Oh, I forgot to make sure the coast is clear. It's probably clear. And yeah. then three feet away is Marge. Of course. <laughs> it's just like... And that's, again, like pants. that commentary on not only the show, but on making a show itself. On, like, you know, the beats that are familiar to viewers of, like, oh, you know, this it's going gonna, it's gonna to be bad now. It's going to be this. It's like they know that people are anticipating Marge stumbling onto their plan and ruining it. Um, so they're going to comment on it right. anyway. Because they need that moment to happen so that the story can continue. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's like, even though this, like, you know, I think we can all agree that The Simpsons is the greatest show ever. Yeah. They don't get enough credit for being even more great than that. Like they I basically agree. had to like rewrite comedy to like do that to that like three feet away. Yeah. Joke. Yeah. I agree. I, I think that the Beatles and the Simpsons are underrated. Yes. I, I <laughs> deeply do. I know that they're popular and the right. greatest show of all time. Greatest band of all time. 
I don't think that really scratches the surface. <laughs> I no. think that it's too I think it's too easy of a thing to be like, yeah, we get it. Like, no, they're the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we should celebrate it. Um, so are there any like uh, last thoughts, uh, lessons from this conversation or this episode that you want to discuss before we wrap it up? No. Okay. No, I, one thing I will say um, to the listeners at home, A, um, this is as delightful as you would imagine it be. And also Aww. it's super weird <laughs> having like the voices that you're used to and then seeing them come out of mouths <laughs> that are attached oh, what, to like faces. Us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird like thing. <laughs> what if I talk what like if this? I talk like this? <laughs> but thank you. Thank you guys both thank so you. much. Yeah. Thank you, you for coming show. on. This was great. I love this episode. I love that you picked this episode. And um, well, I picked it, yeah. but, <laughs> oh, <all laughs> but, right, but thank Allie. you for okay. <laughs> then it just falls apart. It's all about end. me. Okay. <laughs> um, where can people find your stuff online and and anything else that you want to plug? Um, that's tricky because um, I don't do a very good job of marketing myself. <laughs> um, you could look at my Twitter, which is Robot Unicorn. Um, but mostly that's just me s tweeting every time in eating apple. Um, so I don't actually recommend <laughs> looking at my Twitter. Okay. Um, and I eat a lot of apples. Like I have like <laughs> thousands and thousands of apple tweets on there with just me like saying apple. apple. Yeah, um, and I know one of you, I forget which one of you hates apples. It's me. Um, I hate them. Yeah, you're Whoa! dead to me. Um, all bombshells left and right, you guys. Um, you just haven't had the right apple. I love it. I mean, like there's a lot of there's a lot of garbage yeah. apples out there. No. Lot of, that's the thing. I don't like something that's mostly garbage. No, eating a honey crisp is like making out with a beautiful lady. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, what no, their I slogan should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do love honey crisps. Um, but like red apples, ew. If you get the right red apple, let me tell That's you. What about, about school lunch apples? No, all right, so. They can most likely red be delicious. mealy, but there will be a great red delicious apple, I swear to God. No, red delicious apples are always like garbage. They're like the garbage food. of the I've had kingdom. good ones, and I will go to fucking bat for it. I don't like food that I have a chance of it being bad. I like, like, an orange has never been bad. Ooh, you haven't had yeah, a bad orange. Yeah. You're right. That's my point. I mean, but my no, point is, I've never oranges. had a bad orange. I've only mostly had bad apples. See, when listeners, I'm, what do you think? When no. you're an apple expert <laughs> you like I am, join you know, the war. You know, before I'm you pick up I an feel apple, like I'm an apple expert too. You got to no, know what know. to feel for. You got to know. You got to know the scent. You know, there's a whole like. I just want an easy fruit to eat. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're that person that when you go to Whole Foods and they're like, we've we've uh, did you see that recently? It was trending uh, online uh, that like Whole Foods had peeled oranges and then put them in plastic <laughs> containers for easy consumption, <laughs> and everybody was like, wow, Whole Foods, what a great <laughs> use of plastic. You're that guy. I figured it out. Um, but uh, so. Twitter is garbage. Twitter is garbage. All right, so there's um, a zine distro called antiquatedfuture.com. Um, they are probably the best place to buy my stuff. Um, buy my book. Buy my <laughs> book. Buy my, buy my um, zine. Shut up and give my money. You, give you, no, let's take see. my money. Um, it. Fuck it. You can read my food uh, review zines, which is my complicated re relationship with food, all of which have Simpson covers. Um, let's see. Love is not constantly wondering if you're making the biggest mistake of your life, which is my Choose Your Adventure memoir, <laughs> um, done years before Neil Patrick Harris stole the idea. Um, <laughs> Parallel thinking. Yeah. Um, Miami, You've Got Style, which is every outfit worn during the first season of The Golden Girls and commentary on the outfits. 
um, how to talk to your cat about gun safety, how to talk to your cat about evolution and abstinence, and lastly, um, a field guide to the aliens of Star Trek The Next Generation, which is a delightful zine about child abuse. Oh. I don't um, think that's relevant to our listeners' interests. I think anything you just said, people are listening in their car right now going, I hate cats in Star Trek. Mm, I don't like fun things. Um, that's great. Well, thanks so much again for being on the show. This was a delightful conversation. Thank yeah, you. thank yes. you so much. Um, and uh, we actually have some crusty cues if you'd like to stick around. Of course. So our question this week uh, related to this episode is, what's your favorite Homer's Get Rich Quick scheme? Um, Although we don't actually see Homer making a ton of money. We know he got $45 for that one thing. Homer does have a lot of of ideas. So these are some of the favorites from our Twitter followers. And remember, you could follow us on at SimpsonsPod. So at Joseph... uh, Muheka, M-U-J-I-C-A, says uh, the love tonic, because I know this scheme will get me rich and quick, too. That also has a great moment of, uh, you got to play it cool. <laughs> I love that moment between Abe and Homer. <laughs> um, so, at Specs and Suits wrote, in America, first you get the sugar, <laughs> then you get the power, <laughs> then you get the women. Just, just to head off all the angry fans out there, that, that wasn't the play it cool is the uh, episode with How Marge's fucking mom. dare you? How fucking Marge's dare mom. you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were right. S- you were strong Homer. as a guest up until yeah. the last fucking minute. You know where the door is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, just you're kidding. right. You're right. You're right. Hey, sometimes things swirl around in my head. Sometimes I don't know what my name is or what day is it. Uh, at Randy L. Jopst says, when he has Bart say, I am a Mayor Quimby son. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, at Kira M. Two two, uh, the grease, especially due to fight with Willie and the "My God, you're greasy" line. <laughs> oh, I love this. Um, although this isn't really a rich thing, it's still a funny thing. At powerful dog says Burns in Burns's air. Ooh, he read ca- he reads he card reads good. <laughs> Shot <laughs> at Jhorn eighty one uh, just sent us a photo of Farmer Homer's sweet sweet sugar, <laughs> which I love. And now that I'm looking at the um, photo is. It looks like a f- uh, illustration of Abe it uh, more than it does uh, Homer. So cool. Maybe that's like a nod to a generational company folksy thing. I don't know. At Squats Espresso knows the Beer Baron, but it's a close second to the sugar. Yeah. A lot of people were saying Beer Baron and sugar, so we're on to something. Oh, uh, And then, uh, yeah, when the grease thing, too. So Homer's done this a lot, <laughs> uh, which I love. I don't really even think of the the beer baron as like a get rich. Th- I think of more as like Homer doing a, a public service. He's sure. like, he's I'd like say it's eighty twenty because he does like that sweet sweet money. He does, he does, yes. Mm-hmm. And so does Marge, which I love. <laughs> uh, she just goes whoa, <laughs> oh, Lisa, yeah. go to your it's room. Very impressive. Oh yes, that's very cute. Uh, at Corey P three seven Internet A. Yeah, that's great. Um, at uh, Kai Rawling, uh, K-Y Rawling, uh, wrote the pride in his face, changing the prices for elephant visits and rides and going to the Van Houtens later. I love that ev- elephant episode. Stampy. It's very fun. Stampy's great. Mm-hmm. Oh, my very favorite, which I've talked about several times because it's just that good. Uh at John Coach fifty six, his investment in pumpkin futures. Yeah, the, uh, I can. Every every fall, do you do that? Do you <laughs> yeah. post it every fall? I, I feel do. like a lot of people join you in that. I did a I did a PSA where I was just like, never forget Homer invested <laughs> in pumpkins because sales were good in October. 
Yeah. It's so funny. So in the Love Tonic episode, um, there's a quote. Somebody is using Frankiac. Hell to, yeah, Frankiac. Yeah, to um, send us a screenshot. Um, but it's Homer and Abe, and they're, you know, dealing with the Love Tonic in the um, bathtub. After years of disappointment with get-rich-quick schemes, I know I'm going to get rich with this scheme and quick, <laughs> which I love. And so that's another great commentary on what they know what the fuck they're doing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, The bad one uh, has the auto dialer, which, of course, we love. Send a dollar to Happy Dude. Happy Dude! (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. And then this is another great Frankiac screen cap. Marge says, when I get a little Sherlock Holmes hat, he (laughs) sulks for a week and then closes detective agency. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my God. The tobacco. Oh, yeah. Tobacco. That's another great one. Ad Augustus Porter gave us mm-hmm. that wonderful image of the cow or the bull bursting through the door on Homer with his tomacco plant. Homer's a perfect character for a get-rich-quick scheme. It yes. just seems so consistent to who he is. And it's not that he's money-grubbing uh, like that's his M.O. It's it's not that he's so selfish. It's just that he's, you know, Optimistic. curious. He's yeah. curious. Yeah. yeah. Let's see how this one pans out. And so I like that. It's uh, a good spirit to have in a character. Me too. Do you have a favorite of the ones that were mentioned or one that maybe they missed? Um, probably the grease one. The grease yeah. one. You so can't, good. You can't yeah. beat a greased up Scotsman. It's just... <laughs> or when he looks at the pimply teen. Uh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Actually, no. Uh, going on disability. Oh. Going on disability is pretty great. Dis- yes. Yeah, oh, so that's, that's not even, I mean, I guess, it, yeah, that is He's a get-rich-quick scheme. It's, it's more of like a lazy indulgence. It's more of getting the same amount of money for less work, yes. but that's sort of. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, an it opportunity. The Where's way. the any key? I love that. Yeah, yeah, there's no any, any key. Uh, well, thank you again, and uh, make sure to check out all those books and zines. There's so many good things, and then you could find us on at Simpsons Pod. Uh, we post crusty cues and screenshots of our favorite things and all the episodes, so make sure to follow us and send us emails at everything's coming up podcast at gmail com and julia where can people find you at julia prescott and all the things and i'm at ally gertz and all the things uh thank you to brandon beck who is doing sound and we will see you guys next week all right bye bye